0: Freedom of Species is a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. I'm Kate Gracie and welcome to Freedom of Species. Last Saturday night, that's the 28th of April, in Melbourne CBD, Australia's largest animal rights march to date took place. There were over 2,000 people that took to the streets on behalf of the billions of animals that are needlessly and routinely exploited for food, clothing, entertainment and scientific research. The march was motivated by the new Australian documentary Dominion, which was made by Crystal Force. I won't say more as the march's edited speeches that you're about to hear now capture it all. Welcome to
1: the Dominion March, the biggest animal rights march in Australia. My name is Apoorva and I'll be your MC for the evening. I would like to start by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional custodians of this land. I would also like to pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people from other communities here today. <laughs> I'd like you to now take a look around you. You are among the generation of people that is making history. We are all different. We're all different in personality, background, age. But we're all unified for one simple message. And that's just like us. All animals deserve freedom from human dominion. Why are we marching today? We're marching to symbolise one of the most important issues of our time. We're marching to shine a light on what animals are enduring every day behind closed doors. We're marching in solidarity for each person who has dedicated their life to stand up for animals. We're marching for the animals. They no longer have to go through that fear that they go through and we're marching because we've felt something. We've felt anger for the industries, making us believe that there is anything humane about killing someone who doesn't want to die. We've felt despair at having to watch animals tremble as they make their way to slaughter. And we've felt helpless when we've realised that much of society has often turned away. It is because of this that change is happening for animals. Because industries try very hard for us to not feel anything, but we are. And we're encouraging the world to feel this. We're encouraging the world to take our message, and it's happening. Let today be an example of that. We are also marching To show everyone, government, industry, our country, the world, that we are not going to stop speaking for animals. Not until every cage is empty and until slaughterhouses are a shameful part of human history. And this is what dominion is all about. Dominion is bringing down that wall of secrecy that industries have hidden behind for too long. It is also going to launch coordinated action by activists from around Australia for the next six months. And this is all to systematically tear down that wall. We will not stop fighting. And today is a wonderful example of the fact that we are not alone in this movement and we are exponentially growing. I want, to, I want to give a wholehearted thank you to Aussie Farms on behalf of everyone for bringing us this powerful tool in this movement. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you here today, as well as at home watching, as well as around the world, who's speaking up for animals. It is a very noble thing to speak for something that is so far out of sight, but still at the forefront of our minds, that we don't often get rewarded for, but we keep each other going. I think that is incredibly noble. And also to know that we may not see the exact outcome we want in our lifetime, but we keep fighting because we know we are paving the way. So thank you. Now I'd like to invite our first speaker for today and one of the major forces behind why we're all here today, and that's Chris Delforce. Chris Chris is the founder and executive director of Aussie Farms, as well as writer, director and editor of Dominion, and its predecessor Lucent. After the release of Lucent, Chris's home was raided and that led to Australia's first ag gag trial, which was dismissed in August 2017. Chris has done some amazing work and after that experience it actually just pushed him harder for the animals and he released the renowned short film Thousand Eyes which has been shown around the streets in the world and has changed the lives of many people and many animals. So say a big welcome to Chris.
2: Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to Robin, Corey, Trev, Melanie, Leah and Georgie for putting in so many hours over the last six months to make this happen and to the 100-plus volunteers who have helped in the lead-up and here today. Thank you to everyone who has travelled from interstate to be here and to all of the organisations and individuals who have provided signage and helped promote this event and to Apoorva for being our MC. I've spent the last seven years of my life trying to understand something that even now seems incomprehensible. When I started, everything was unknown to me. It was exciting heading out on those long drives into the darkness, night after night, not knowing what we'd uncover. For a while, the focus was on saving individual lives. It was an incredible feeling watching a hen who had been confined to a tiny wire cage for a year, taking her first steps on grass, sunlight touching her wings for the first time. I printed out a photo of 30 young turkeys exploring their new sanctuary home, my first ever rescue, and I put it on my wall to remind myself of that day and that feeling. I kept a tally, and I let myself feel pride when it exceeded 300. It wasn't just about pride, though. It was a distraction from the burden of choosing which lives to save. When you're standing in a shed with 100,000 hens, 40,000 broiler chickens, or 10,000 turkeys... How do you choose who gets to leave that hell, knowing that every single one you leave behind is condemned to a life of suffering followed by a brutal, merciless end? Everything changed when a friend and I found a pig farm. Pride was replaced by anger and determination. As we stepped out of the farrowing shed, I turned to that friend and said, we're going to shut this place down, and we did. But by the time the last pigs left those sheds... Thank you. By the time the last pigs left those sheds, we'd realised that it was, it was only one of hundreds of practically identical pig farms around the country, and even those were just the tip of the iceberg. But the focus had shifted. We'd seen the power of exposure, of documenting, investigating, forcing into the light that which is kept hidden. Saving individual lives was no longer enough. We began exploring, trying to understand and uncover all of it in the hope that by doing so, we could stop it. We learned what we had to learn, how to use cameras, how to edit footage, how to hide an entire DVR and miniature cameras connected by long, thick cables, how to get past locked doors, how to work around security patrols. We heard about gas chambers being used at Australia's largest pig slaughterhouse and its slaughterhouses all over Australia and the rest of the world, but there was no footage of it. So we did what we needed to do to capture that footage, not having any idea what it would look like, wondering if there could be any truth to the industry line that pigs in the chamber just gently fall asleep. I remember watching that footage for the first time, seeing every pig who enters that chamber, thrashing and screaming and fighting hopelessly for their lives. The more of these places that I went to, the more suffering and death that I witnessed, the more animals I had to leave behind, and the more I learned, the more that initial excitement would fade, Along with the anger and the sadness and the happiness and the pride, I became increasingly numb. Watching through hundreds of hours of footage, I was faced over and over with the same arbitrary decision, no longer about who to save, but whose story to tell, whose suffering would not be entirely meaningless. Each farm or slaughterhouse warranted a documentary of its own. We are faced daily with a world that doesn't seem to care, that doesn't seem to want to know. It is so easy to lose hope, to lose faith in humanity, to feel overwhelmed by the sheer scale and horror of what our species is so readily capable of doing for such little purpose. To feel alone and isolated. But when you stand on the right side of history, you are never alone. <laughs>
3: My name is Patty Mark. I founded Animal Liberation Victoria and have been investigating and rescuing animals for the past 40 years.
0: My name is Lissy. I'm the Assistant Director of Dominion, the Operations Director and Investigator for Aussie Farms, founder of Bear Witness Australia, and co founder of Adelaide Animal Save.
4: My name is Matt. And I'm the strategic director of Aussie Farms and assistant producer of Dominion.
5: My name is Karina. I co-founded Melbourne Pig Save in 2012, Lamb Care Australia in 2017 and I'm now an investigator and co-director of Melbourne Sheep Save.
6: My name is Alex. I'm one of the founders of Melbourne Fish Save and I'm also an investigator for Aussie Farms.
7: My name is Chloe. I'm an investigator for Aussie Farms and Bear Witness Australia and co-founder of Adelaide Animal Save.
8: My name's Dim. I'm the co-founder of Animal Activist Collective, the founder of Sacred Scribble and an investigator for Aussie Farms.
9: My name is James Aspie. I took a one year vow of silence in 2014 to raise awareness of the suffering in animal agriculture, and I've since travelled Australia and the world speaking about the benefits and importance of veganism and activism. My name is Oliver. I'm a photographer of Landcare Australia and one of the founding members of Animal Liberation Youth.
10: My name is Meha. I'm a co founder and campaign director of Animal Liberation Tasmania and have also been involved with Aussie Farms in various roles.
3: Yes, we're standing strong for animals. I've got, I've got two minutes to share a story from some of our rescues, so I'll be quick. I'm so grateful to every activist that goes out and puts their life on the line for animals. Our open rescue team has saved thousands, over a thousand animals in hundreds of rescues. What's one that really sticks out to me is the forgotten, the lost of the forgotten ones, the parent birds. They're very, very seldom identified. I only knew about them 20 years ago, which was halfway through my activism, when we had someone work on a farm, where they have the they're the parents of the most abused land animal on the planet the broiler babies cuz i always thought where did i think did these birds drop out of the sky no they all have parents and they live the most miserable appalling lives anyone can imagine so the worker in the shed called and told me the story there were 11 sheds and 10 were filled with the hens and one with roosters and when they reached sexual maturity The roosters were split up in the sheds, five hens to one rooster, and they lived like that for 60 weeks, being mated continuously over and over and over till their bodies were bleeding. I've seen this firsthand many times. But even worse, we got another call from another property near Shepperton. And what happens, and it still happens in the industry today, is called spiking. So when the poor roosters get so worn out and their fertility, their sexual fertility decreases at 40 weeks, they kill most of them and they bring in young roosters to still mate those poor, exhausted mother birds who never see their babies. And then he told me the worst. Those birds are so big by then that they don't fit on the shackles in our slaughterhouses. So they would put a broom handle over their over their heads, and yank up their legs. I've been in many of these sheds. The floors are like the landscape of Mars. The extrament is hardened. It's like a rocky surface. And these birds, once you get to know them, are the most gentlest, peaceful, incredible individuals I've ever met. Thank you. Inside a slaughterhouse, in the
6: waiting pens, it was my first night out that I had ever cried on. I walked around the corner, and knew who we were looking for. You. The glow of my torch lit up the pen in which you stood with the others. On the cold, hard metal floors stood so many frightened animals without food and without a chance to live. As soon as I saw that we were right and you were there, it felt like a knife had stuck into my heart and my stomach wanted to escape from inside of me. I could already feel the tears welting up within my eyes. As I approached you and the other calves, instantly you all reached your noses up to me and as I let my hand out to you, you all started suckling on my fingers. I wondered if you'd hoped that I was your mother or if I could be an adoptive mum since your real one had been stolen from you and be someone to give you comfort, love and take care of you to set you up for a long and beautiful life. As we followed you and your friends around trying to get the perfect photo, I got the pleasure of spending more time with you than anyone else would have gotten to. You had no interest in pesky photos when there was fingers to be suckled on and bodies to be nuzzled into. What curious little babies you were, so sweet and so innocent, when I shared the form of the monsters soon to destroy you. One of your friends had trouble standing up to get themselves water. We tried to help them. Their legs were deformed, coming closer together in the middle, making it difficult for them to move at all. This earned them the name Bo because of his little bowed legs. Tears streamed down my face most of the time that I spent with you and your friends. It's so hard to explain the feeling of loving someone when you know in a matter of hours they will be brutally murdered. At one point, the tears were dripping off my nose and on this particularly hot uh, night, a fellow investigator asked me if I was dripping sweat. This is not a rescue story. This baby stayed behind. This baby that I spent time with that suckled my fingers, that followed me around the holding pen for what felt like an eternity and a minute, all at the same time, died only hours after I met him. The following night, I went out and I put my gloves on. I could still smell him on my fingers. I felt the adrenaline flood my insides and I told myself, I know why I'm here. It was a reminder of why I put myself in terrifying situations time and time again and why so many other amazing activists do the same. It was for him and all others lack him. Nothing else mattered anymore. When I looked into his eyes that night, I made him a promise that as long as others were to suffer, I wouldn't rest, that I would stand up and I would fight and he wouldn't die in vain. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about that baby in that holding pen. I don't know that there ever will be. I've never known heartbreak like I felt that night. He was a baby, not even a week old, and I watched him die 24 hours after falling in love with him. I'll never forget you. I will never stop fighting for you. You were someone and you mattered. I'm so sorry that I couldn't save you.
8: (laughs) Walking up to a pig farm for the first time. I looked up amazed by all the stars in the sky. I could hear the screaming mothers from the sheds from over a kilometre away. The smell of death and screams got more and more intense the closer I got to the farm. This wasn't a farm, this was hell. Row after row of torture chambers, I think I counted over 200 in that shed alone. Trapped mothers unable to turn around or take more than a couple steps forward. What scarred my mind from that night is a piglet in the walkway of one of the sheds that was slammed against the concrete by a worker because they were deemed unprofitable. The concrete next to their body was stained with blood, their bodies stone cold. Crouched down by the piglet, I looked up and made eye contact with the mother pigs who witnessed the piglet being slammed against the concrete. The sadness in their eyes can't be put into words. We force them to be pregnant. We force them to watch their babies being slammed into the ground. We cut their tails off. We castrate them. We cut their teeth out with our painkillers. We force them into torture chambers. We gas them and then we finally end their life with a knife in their throat. How can we claim to be animal lovers? How can we say that we're against animal cruelty with the same mouth that feasts on animal cruelty? If you are against animal cruelty, you go vegan. That's only step one. Step two, you speak up for the animals as if it was you in their position. Thank you.
9: I used to visit and help at a sheep farm. It was low feed season and there were sheep's corpses littering the property. On the regular pickup of the dying and dead was a gentle soul who had been thrown on the back of the ute. Lying on top of her was a heavy iron gate. The farmer saw her exactly the same as that gate. To him, they were both just a product. The gate had a number marking its production and so did she. But unlike that gate, she could feel the pain as she was thrown off the back of that ute and she had her throat slashed as she kicked and fought fought for her life, which was taken by the very man who planned her birth. I remember, I remember seeing her eyes as he hacked at her throat. I remember thinking, what did she do to deserve this? What did any of them do to deserve this? It was the ultimate punishment for the most innocent. I
7: met a sow at a piggery one night. She was laying in the farrowing crates, forced to stare at her babies that had not survived. We had an instant connection that I cannot explain. She was accepting of affection as I would sit in front of her stall, patting and talking to her while she would give me soft grunts back. I promised her that I would get her story out, not only for her, but her babies and her friends too. She was gone a few weeks later, and I hope that wherever she is, she's finally free from her suffering.
4: It's almost impossible for me to pick one event that sticks out among the horror that I've seen. One campaign, however, haunts me every time I see the footage. Just over three years ago, we spent months visiting extremely affectionate Bobby calves in the solitude of night. Each one gorgeous, gentle, fighting for our attention, suckling on our claws and our fingers, desperate for the love of their mother. At first, I resisted their affection, for the same reason that I felt guilt afterwards for accepting it. Because in only a few hours, they would suffer the ultimate betrayal from one of my own kind. Every time we met the calves, it meant returning the next night to be greeted by the devastating sight of empty pens. After we retrieved the cameras the following night, we'd return home to watch the footage from the kill room. Their curious, innocent faces frozen in time as a steel bolt smashed through their newborn skulls. Every day after leaving them behind and knowing their horrific fate, I had to constantly remind myself that their story was crucial if we were to help millions of others. The investigation climaxed in a rescue, saving a few calves from the horror to the freedom of a sanctuary. I expected it to be a joyous occasion. A relief after months of capturing their suffering, but after everyone else had left, a few of us went back to cover our tracks. When we saw the faces of the ones that we left behind, the reality hit us. Never before or since have I broken down on an investigation, but this one made me cry my heart out. The times when I allow myself to think about it, I still do. Facing those left behind haunts me. I spend every day making sure their lives were not taken for nothing.
5: On a freezing cold morning in Victoria, I was walking through a paddock at dawn. The temperature had dropped to minus five degrees the night before and a sheep grazier's warning had been issued from the Bureau of Meteorology to let sheep farmers know that due to bad weather conditions, there was a chance of sheep and lamb losses. As I stepped into that paddock that morning, the bitterly cold wind made my face hurt. The grass was covered in ice and the rain clouds loomed dark and ominous above. It was obvious immediately that there had indeed been losses. Little white bundles littered the landscape. As I approached each body checking for a heartbeat or signs of life, I continually discovered they were all dead, until I found Grace. Grace was hypothermic and drifting in and out of consciousness. By the time I rushed her to the vet, her tiny body was convulsing, her organs were shutting down. Her core temperature was so cold it did not even register on the thermometer. It took 45 minutes of warming her in a bath before she gained full consciousness and stopped convulsing. With love, support and care, Grace made a full recovery, although her road to health was slow. She was one of the very few lucky ones. Around 15 million lambs will die this coming winter.
10: The first animal I saw killed in front of me was a lamb. They looked at me directly in the eye as their throat was cut. As if they knew, of all the people in that crowded room, I was the only chance of being saved. But I was wearing a camera and they were one animal and the only way we can justify not intervening whenever physically possible is to tell ourselves that footage can do more, save more in the long term. Rationally, in the grand scheme of things, I know this makes sense. But some days it is harder to bear witness than others. In that moment, With so many more sheep, goats, and cows waiting to be killed in front of me, the bigger picture, the reason why we do this, did not comfort me. Instead, I stood in a growing pool of their blood and heard their screams, and my heart hurt at how many animals have to be lost now for the greater good of animals in the future. I stand here today to honour them all by marching towards that same future.
0: Today we march not just for those individual animals we were able to meet, whose stories we were able to tell. But
10: for every animal who has been a victim of these industries, lost in a system of immense scale, viewed as only a unit of production, a number on an ear tag.
3: Their suffering unseen and unheard, their value determined only by their usefulness to humans.
9: Today we march for every life violently taken in the name of profit,
7: For every animal trapped now in hell, awaiting a horrific fate assigned to them at birth, and for every animal who is yet to be bred into this system, whose suffering is yet to come.
6: Thinking, feeling individuals who share with us our capacity to love, to grieve, to feel pain and to suffer.
8: Reduced to commodities, their bodies packaged as food and sold under the labels of free-range, local, organic, ethical, humane... To dupe customers into supporting something they would consider horrific if they knew the real story.
5: Humiliated and abused for the entertainment of paying spectators or subjected to needless primitive experiments.
4: Their fur and feathers ripped from their skin and marketed as fashionable.
9: Never shown mercy, instead mocked, kicked and beaten while they scream and fight for their last breath.
6: Babies tossed like rag dolls into the restraint conveyor at the slaughterhouse while they cry out for their mothers. Or sent into a mincer on the very first
5: day of life because they were born the wrong sex.
2: All of this justified by a belief in our own superiority, a belief that we as humans have the right to exercise power, authority and dominion over those we deem inferior to ourselves for our own short-sighted end.
3: Today, we march together... Thousands of us, the largest march of its kind in Australian history, to say that enough is enough.
9: No longer can these industries hide behind closed doors free of scrutiny. No longer can they lie to and deceive good people. No longer can any of us stand idly by and allow these atrocities to continue. Today, we march together for an Australia built on compassion and kindness, not on suffering and blood. Today, we march for the hope of a better world, a vegan world.
0: You're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. That last track was Descent by Lawless and that was from the new Australian documentary Dominion that inspired the largest animal rights march in Australian history last weekend on the 28th of April here in Melbourne. Those speeches you heard before that were from that very event. Now for some community announcements. Lismore Greens is holding a koala crisis meeting. That's Lismore, New South Wales. That's going to be on Tuesday the 8th of May. The film Kangaroo is going to be showing at Mount Victoria in New South Wales. That's in the Blue Mountains. That's being put on by Mount Vic Flicks and that's on Wednesday the 9th of May. There's going to be a protest put on by Brisbane Animal Safe for the Beef Week in Bean Lee. That's part of the National Beef Expo that takes place every three years. That's occurring on Thursday the 10th of May. The documentary Dominion that we've just been talking about earlier, In the show, that's showing in Swartell, New South Wales, on Friday, the 11th of May. Then there's a number of events on Saturday, the 12th of May. There's Empty the Tanks, which will be taking place at Coffs Harbour and the Gold Coast. That's Empty the Tank of um, marine animals at the aquariums in both Coffs Harbour and the Gold Coast. There's going to be a working bee at a poultry place, which is a poultry sanctuary in Murrumbateman, New South Wales. That's being hosted by Vegan ACT. Melbourne Pig Save is having a rally in Melbourne CBD also on Saturday the 12th of May and there will be a bull riding protest at the Coffs Harbour Showground also Saturday the 12th of May. Then on Sunday the 13th of May, which is Mother's Day, there is going to be a dairy protest in Adelaide CBD in Rundle Mall that's being hosted by Animal Activist South Australia. Also on Mother's Day, that's Sunday May the 13th, is a demo hosted by Melbourne Cow Save it's a dairy demo and it's going to be at Etterhead Stadium that's in Docklands, Melbourne. That's all we have for the show for today. If you want to get in contact with Freedom of Species, you can email us at info at freedomofspecies.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and on Twitter. Many thanks to Robin Payne and Corey Thompson who organised the Dominion March. Also, big thanks to Kate Elliott of Vocal Animal, which is a wonderful new radio show on Maine FM and also to Crystal Force of Aussie Farms. See you next week.
5: You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.